Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. What's up, people? This is DJ. Hey, mi gente, this is Ish. And, and this, this is season, season two of Pero Let, Let Me Tell You. Esa caja de pastelito completa. I promise nothing. Yeah, we did some damage to it. As I sit here smacking my lips on. Yo me estaba aguantando la boca esta semana and look at me, I had three pastelitos. I've been trying to, pero. Ay, aguantarse la boca so hard. That's so it, funny. It it, the, the, the little Wait. translation of aguantarse la boca is hold, hold your, your mouth. mouth. I'm holding my mouth this week. If you say it in English, I feel like the connotation is that you're being quiet. Yeah. It's not are we same. recording? We are recording. Oh, well, welcome to episode 66. <laughs> 66. 66. Damn. 66. Oh, yeah, we're creeping up on, oh, on 75. I, isn't that so annoying in Spanish? 66. 66. They sound the same, people. Couldn't you, like, invented another word for... Listen, up until, like, my late teens, I would get confused between 60 and 70. Late teens? I still get confused. <laughs> That's why when people, when people are, like, giving me numbers, see... Uno, cuatro, no, catorce, setenta y ocho, setenta y nueve, veintidós, setenta y cuatro. I'm like, no, 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 no. What are they reciting to Is you? Is it siete, cuatro, like a claim number oh, or okay, something. Okay. Es siete, cuatro, o seis, cuatro. <laughs> I, I, no, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Too many numbers. Too many you, numbers, and they just, all sound the same. I need you to just so whatever. it down for me. Anyway, welcome to episode, thankfully in English, we don't have this problem, <laughs> 66. And here we That's are, right. people. What's yes. special about the number 66? Well, um, according to old music, it's where you get your kicks. 
Um, okay. On Route 66. So before we get into our topics this week, um, we actually, today's interview and next week interview, I just want to share that like today's interview, you know, it's no secret to our guests, uh, to our listeners that, you know, sometimes uh, depending on who our guests are, we, we have to pre-record um, some segments, just logistics, right, you right. know, our guests, a lot of our guests are people that, you know, have things happening, they're on the move and, you know, they that take and time our day jobs and our day jobs yeah. and, you know, these people are kind enough to take time Absolutely. off to sit down with us and have a conversation. So sometimes, you know, production, the magic of production right. has to, but our, <laughs> Our guest today, Jack uh, Jack, Jack Rico, Rico, was absolutely wonderful, and we had such a great conversation yeah. with him. And we are also giddy because we just finished recording our interview for next week's guest, who will be a miss. We're yeah, not, not going to say gonna, who it is, you. but we just are in such a good mood now because this person was amazing. And when yeah. you hear next week's episode, you'll totally get it. it um, yeah, yeah. If you're not feeling the vibes next week's episode, yeah, but, I mean, I don't but, get it. But that goes to show that sometimes when you you interview people, you know, they're, they're, it's very unexpected. Like with our interview today with Jack, you know, we thought the interview was going to take one route and it completely we took another. We thought we were going to have him for maybe 30, 45 minutes. We wound up talking for almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, it went, I, I, we, we had to edit it down. Yeah. And it went and he was so pleasant and so great. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it was a wonderful interview. But yeah, we're really giddy and we love our guests. So we as do. we always say... We are so appreciative of everybody who comes yeah. on the show because, yes, because again, these are people that have things happening that are movers and shakers and influencers all and, across the, and, the, the, every industry. And that they come and talk to our little podcast is a blessing. So, Absolutely. with that said, bueno, it's June. I wanted, so I wanted to bring this up. It is it's June. June, and one of the things Happy that Pride Month, y'all. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Um, Obviously, June now has become known, especially. I feel that in the last like five years, I know it's been Pride Month forever, but in the last like several years, like from from commercials to um, advertisements, it's become very like full blown, the same way that Black History Month, Hispanic Heritage Month, Month, and so on and so forth. So, I want to, I want to mention this to you. I'm sure you've heard it, but I want, I (laughs) want you and I to talk about this and remove ourselves. I can't remove myself from things. No, no, but remove ourselves and try to talk about it as two people who are not, 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 not interested, but try to remove ourselves from this as much as we can for the sake of conversation. <laughs> okay. Did you hear that there's a group that applied to have a straight pride parade I in Boston? Did. I did hear okay. about it. Okay. I did Let's hear about it. Let's try to talk about this objectively. It's basically a bunch of basic people, I guess. Okay, no, actually, um, I, I, no, no, no. I'm going to read I'm gonna read the actual. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you're like the actual. Okay, so I heard about it actually because Chris Evans, Captain America, right. America's ass, um, has kind of tweeted about it. Um, actually, he he tweeted okay. an insult at them, and that's where I heard about it. But I didn't follow up with anything. Okay, the um, the group who's trying to organize this is called Super Happy Fun America. That what, sounds like okay, a game so, show in so, Japan. So let me let me let me let me tell you how my train of thought, and we'll get to like the discussion. So I heard about this, if not yesterday, the day before, so a couple of mm-hmm. days ago. That there was talk about a straight pride parade in Boston. Okay. Which I think it's interesting because Boston Boston's is generally very, it's a, you know, I it's a very liberal city. I know Boston, it's a very liberal city. Yeah. Um, so that was the first su- surprise. But 
the group that's trying to get it together is called Super Happy Fun America. When I first heard the of name that sounds like a parody. name, exactly, I go, okay, maybe this is not it's what we a joke. think. Right, right. Maybe this is a joke. Right. Maybe they're going to have a parade called the Straight Man Parade, and it's Straight Man Parade. It's going to be like stick figures or something. And it's going to be kind of like tongue-in-cheek, kind of like right. a parody. Right, right, right. right. Like, what so, would a straight parade look right, like? People right. eating beef jerky or, or, or right, whatever. Right. Um, so, Crazy. so the person, so that's the first thing I heard. Okay. Right? So the two men, so the two men behind it are, um, there are three men behind Let it. Let me guess. One of their names is Robert. The other one's Jason. And the other one's Jimmy. No. <laughs> John okay, and Mark. <laughs> one of them is John Hugo, and the other one is Mark Shahady. I never trust people with two first names. Um, now, Mr. John Hugo says, quote, straight people. So this is when I started, like, because, again, first I heard that this group was trying to get a, a permit and for a parade. Name, so name, I go, yeah. okay, yeah, this is kind of going to be a joke. Like, come on, let's totally do it. Like, right, right. this will probably be, like, funny. Like, let's see how far it goes. Right, let's see how far it goes. But then, like, more stuff coming okay. out of it. So then when they started giving information on, like, the actual people behind the organization, one of them, whose name is John Hugo, he said, quote, Straight people are an oppressed majority. We will fight for the right of straights everywhere to express pride in themselves without fear of judgment and hate. Who are these people that are like outwardly hating straight people? You've got a wife. Ugh. So, so you're not getting a job so, in my so, hair salon. So, so I think they should have it. Like you kind of just want to see what 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 happens. It's like watch like, let's, what, let's let's see what it looks like. Yes, it's like it's a total Schadenfreude. Yes, because I assume, I assume. Okay, that's why I'm trying to remove my personal feelings, like as me. How as this you sit would here, as you hit, sit here guffawing, you're going to yeah. remove your personal feelings, right? Right. No, I know. Right. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> No, obviously, because this is a, a subject that's sensitive to you and I. But, I mean, who am I kidding? But I still think he should have it be for shits and giggles. Because I know what that parade is going to look like. That parade is going to look like a bunch of men with their maybe their wives and their kids. Being, these are family values. It's going to be and, Crocs for miles, You know, it? these are family values. And, and you know what? It's literally going to be, like, literally, it's going to be a parade of cargo pants. Women going, I love brunch. And you know, I know, but you I, know I just, what? No, I, no, I don't know what it would look like. Like, I, like, well, me neither, because people who design floats aren't straight. <laughs> but, but no, like, seriously, seriously, like, okay, I'm going to, I Attempt. would like, You're going okay, to what I would like You're to going, think, okay. not like to think, I'm trying to tap into what they're thinking. Okay, We're they're probably thinking, okay. because it's kind of like, you know, when, when somebody who opposes, um, I don't like to say gay marriage because well, uh, e equal marriage, marrying. equal gays marriage, okay. um, for the but for the intent and purposes of this conversation, let's marriage call equality. it gay marriage, okay. marriage equality. When they say, "Oh, um, why do we got to give them gays extra rights?" and I'm like, "But, but, but they're not, not asking for extra. They're rights. asking for the ones you already have. They're asking for the same rights you have. Right. I want the same rights you have. Like." I, I want my vote to not be counted as three fifths of a person. Right. So, so, with that said, like, I'm like, okay, 
what are you, okay, what are you trying to prove? Because in that statement that I read, you just in essence gave you, away you but you demonstrated you why put, you don't need a parade. There's no what there's an oppressed majority is that that doesn't exist. That's a beautiful uh, the oxymoron of it all. An oppressed majority. If you're a majority, you're not oppressed, right? First of all, so I guess I guess my question That's to not you is true because in, in South Africa with apartheid, the majority were black. And that is were true. That is true. So we can't blanket okay, statement that. That is true. That is true. So I guess in terms of the topic of conversation, do you think that they're doing this to be because? Let let let's let's break it down. Yeah. If if they if if they th- think that they should have a straight pride parade, then they're obviously missing the point of a, oh, a pride but event. But that's which a pride event and and of a pride event or a Black History parade, right. which or, you, which or... you and I you and I have actually kind of not disagreed, but you know I've told you what I think pride events should look like, and you have what your opinion mm-hmm. on what they should look like and we have pros and cons like mm-hmm. i've told you that i think that sometimes pride events don't give the real give a stereotypical image mm-hmm. of the gay community at large that sometimes the media puts out there and you know is going on stereotypes and not reality but that's a that's another type of conversation right. but right? it's about being able to engage in that if you so but, wish but that's that's an, that's a, a, mm-hmm. another conversation but in essence, you are not realizing what the whole point of Pride is, and as you said, or a Black History Month, right. is to show the achievements of a group of people and it's okay to be who you are. that at one point were oppressed or still in a way continue to be oppressed, mm-hmm. but we are showing light on these people and what they've achieved, right? right? So have they look, complete, how far, look how far we've come. Have right? they completely missed that mark? They're not interested in the mark. It's not that they missed it. They're, like, not, exactly. they're, they're, not, they're not interested in knowing the mark exists. That's, because I'm, because I'm thinking problem. like you could be prejudiced against whether it's gays, blacks, whatever. You could have your own prejudices, but still at least understand what the month is about. So like, does this completely go over their head? You're you're asking some people who either it's all, there's whole shit to unpack here. Some people are just not empathetic. Some people are clo- close minded. Other people. In this day and age of social media, just enjoy playing the victim. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just like, wait, the spotlight's off me for three seconds. I'm going to stop my feet really loud now. Um, and I just think there's some people who are not going to be happy with anything in general. But it's that. I, it's not even that they miss the mark. It's that they are not even interested in seeing where that bullseye is. Because they have no interest in even trying to get to it. They're interested in what they want to be interested in. That's all fine and dandy and great. But then don't get upset when when we call you out for saying like, okay, but the purpose of a pride parade is not to celebrate being gay. Being gay for the sake of being gay. For the sake of being gay. It's celebrating it because there are still so many, you know, gay and trans youth in this country that are facing discrimination, are facing oppression, are committing suicide. Or or in other countries where it's illegal by death. Correct. Where, you know, you can be pelted with rocks, you know, and... And it's to show people, like, there are others like you. Because I think there's people, and this is across the board with any any minority or, or group, you know, there's people that sometimes maybe don't understand it, you know. Um, 
Yeah, but if you're going uh, but, as but, far as, as the petition to right, get, exactly, you're not, you're not they, interested they maybe in don't understanding. understand it. They maybe don't understand it. They don't right. understand what it is to be gay or be black or be Hispanic or be a woman or and all that. Because look, I, I I always give this example, but I'm glad that you know this example. My friend who you met who didn't really have an encounter with a black person until she, until was, she was college. That's yeah. something that you and I would be like, what? Yes. But how can that be possible with the mentality of coming from Miami? But I often think, okay, people like, well, she wasn't prejudiced, but but if somebody but in that, her case. But, but that's the point. There's a difference between saying, I've just never met a black person. Right, I've never met a black person or I've never met a gay person or whatever. And, and you feel uncomfortable not from a place of malice but just because you don't it's not your world it, it's it, not your you world you haven't been exposed to it right that's one thing correct that's one absolutely. thing absolutely but then this it's kind of like but what don't you I, mean, I I you know what I'm sorry I think it's kind of funny you know what they should have it they should I, have it I want to see what this looks like I want to see what this looks like backward caps and cargo pants for miles that's all it's going to be and especially in Boston I I it's going to be a bunch of townies or or I don't know. I I think because also a lot of the press, I don't know how much press you've seen about it. No, I it's kind of been like people are laughing at it. As they it's should. It's not so much that people are offended. I mean, obviously there's offense having to come with it. But I don't think it's offensive so much as laughable. It's laughable. It's laughable. Let's start with the name of the damn thing and work our way backwards, shall we? Right. <laughs> I read a comment that they were like the straight pride parade should the route should be straight into the Boston Harbor. Oh. <laughs> We'll be relaxing. It's probably still full of tea. Do you think that that's like where we are now as a country that we have to complain about everything? I think and that's where we are as a world. Forget a country. I think as a world, that's where we're at now. Lately. Right. So, but but you know what? That has to do with not knowing your history and not which knowing is, things. Which is a very big part of so, the world right now. So the group that wants to have the straight to pride the happy parade. fun America. So so this is my so this is what I thought. You know, Lord. this is hilarious. So you know what I would totally do? Well, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't be part of the parade. But you know what would be totally fun? Instead of having the pride parade, it's a gray scale. It's like different. It's just a gradient gray. of yeah, gray. Gradient of gray. <laughs> I got one. I got one bigger. Because you know this is going to be a white nonsense bullshit. Like just go from like eggshell. To off white, <laughs> to, to antique white, to antique white, right, right, right. It's just different shades of white. Different shades. Okay, okay, I like that. Right. I, 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 well, again, I wouldn't do it because I would never take part. Of, I mean, obviously, I would never take part in that. But for shits and giggles, like it would be like this should be your banner, <laughs> listeners. Why don't you guys mock oh up my what God. you think? It could look like the little things when you get out the, go to Home Depot or Sherwin-Williams. The, the little, Pantone? Yes. That, like, when you get the white one, what you said, that it has, like, pure white, ultra white, you know, creamy white, eggshell white, antique white. It's all white, but when you put them next to each other. There is a difference. There is a difference. And the last one has a sateen finish. Well, since we're talking about, you know, things that are regressive and completely off the flipping wall. I have a list here that I don't know if you've heard about it, but it comes from your favorite family. Okay. My favorite family in a facetious way? Uh, yeah, I think it you could only be one family, and that is the Duggars. Yes, sir. Oh, what has my favorite family been up to? Favorite family been up to? Have so. they been singing the wheels on the bus go round and round again? <laughs> Possibly. But 
So huh. I saw this actually, and I'm, gonna, and, I'm, and I'm going to give credit to to Miss Brian, one of the DJs here at local radio station Hits 97, because uh, he posted it on his Instagram. Now their second daughter, Jill Duggar, mm-hmm. decided to post her tips. Let's call it tips instead of rules. She might have used the word rules. I'm going to call it tips. Her tips, oh, Jill Duggar's tips to keeping a marriage alive. Oh, here we go. There is one, two, three. There's five of them. Okay. Number one, have sex three to four times a week. Now, it doesn't say with whom, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. your husband, but I guess as long as you're having sex with someone, mm-hmm. let your spouse... Ahí nadie trabaja. Let, <laughs> well, they're not like minors, you know, they're not working uh-huh. all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, let your spouse know you're always available. Mm-hmm. She warns against wearing... <gasps> Clutch the pearls. Frumpy PJs and going to bed without makeup. And if that doesn't do the trick, this is actually my favorite one. Put on fragrant lotion in front of him. Fragrant lotion. Fragrant lotion. I love that. It's like she's going back to her bathroom and she's bringing out the bottle of Bath and Body Works Freesia Uh and just lotioning up. Mm -hmm. Hey, baby, I know how Freesia turns you on. You got that that freaky Freesia. And no, the, no, Moonlight Path. That's a little boring. And the last one, if you're cleaning when your hubby walks through the door, immediately stop what you're doing at the time he arrives. Si estás trapeando, ¿Cuándo y ella llega. Ellos? Porque they have a bunch of kids. Well, if they're having sex three or four times a week, I'm sure a lot. And what has been the backlash on that? I don't know what the backlash is exactly because I kind of stopped at that point because I feel like they're stupid and I don't need to entertain them more. Okay, I want to talk about me now. I want... <laughs> Okay, I just want our listeners to know that the Duggars have been on my radar for years, years for years, years before they had a reality TV before show. Even a, sh- a whiff of controversy. I think that when they had like twelve kids, they were on my That's on my true. radar. Yeah. yeah, when it was like twelve kids and counting, and I always smelled that rat. Y que te decía yo a ti? hipócrita. I would tell you. I would tell you. I would tell you. I couldn't stand them. I would want to watch. Like I would tell you. I I have to watch them because. By watching them, I got built up with more angst. You get a lot of aggression right. by watching By them. watching Right, them. right, right. It's because the same way you follow certain people on social media because they irritate the hell yeah, out of because you. because if I'm going to dislike right. you, then I need content to exactly, dislike you Exactly, right. On, and I, right? Just, I really have a go-to. And, and I would be like, voy a tirar un zapato al teléfono because I can't stand them. And so many people would watch them. And you know what's so tragic about this whole situation? They all make pretty kids. Have you seen them? They're all pretty. Maybe it's the result of having sex three or four times a week and fragrant lotion. They are all pretty. Those freaking 19 kids, they're all pretty. I'm like, damn it. To bet they're all going to... I I couldn't stand them. I always saw through it. I always saw that that was a farce. I always... It's not even what their religious values were because you can believe whatever you want to believe. And, you know, if you want to be conservative... Knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. If that's the way you want to raise your children... That's fine, but the way that they will portray that family—that like everybody, like I remember that like perfect, not only perfect, but she had. I mean, obviously, 
one woman and even or a woman and a man, like both of them, could not. It's physically impossible to They're take care of nineteen children yeah. or dozens of children at one time. Because by the time she had the nineteenth, the fir- the you know older ones were could take or right, take care right. of themselves. But they had like a buddy system in that house where the older children were responsible for the younger children, meaning bathing them, clothing them, putting them to sleep, See, cooking it wasn't for about them. Helping so it's out. like ah. Tú ahí con la chocha abierta pariendo when your kids are the ones who are raising your kids. It's like, I, just that. You want to have kids? Just, you take care of them. Just that would annoy the hell out of me. Because you know what? If you have, like, you know, a, a couple that has, or a woman who has triplets or quadruplets, you know, what usually happens? Like, maybe the in-laws move in to help you. You get, you you get a nanny, whatever. You, you didn't have a choice in that matter, right? right. right? The kids didn't have a choice. Right. But it you happened. have a choice in having 19 children. And if you know what? You're going to put God and be like, no, but God is under uh, against contraceptives. Yeah, religious, you know, in terms of religion, you are against contra- contraceptives. But the church also teaches you the rhythm method. So obviously you're not doing you're not doing anything. Do, do those people look like they have any rhythm? But you know what I mean. It's like if they really didn't want to have more children, they didn't want to have use contraceptives, you know, and sin, you know, and right, use contraceptives. Right, right. Um, the sin of they could have done something. You know, the rhythm method, which is taught and and you know, um, and it's encouraged by most that's what i was looking for encouraged by most uh, most of uh, faiths mm-hmm. uh, catholic uh, christian faiths they could have done that but they didn't to get a reality tv show and on tlc but kid. that would bother me so much when i would see those girls who are like 10 years old having to take care of their little brother or little sister like if they were a single mother it's like ah see ah see anybody has 19 kids okay you know what you just set me off this is like you know it's like kylie jenner it's like a kylie jenner moment you're welcome you know you know how much i dislike so when they're you know when they're freaking you know sister loving son you know (laughs) got caught you know with the allegations and and nobody did anything about that he was molesting his sister or his sisters and they did nothing about it that showed the piece of shit that they are and they're a bunch of hypocrites that's what they are they're a bunch of hypocrites and i always read through that thank you so what I'm hearing is that you're not going to be sending Jill a Bath and Body Works uh, gift card for fragrant lotions. <laughs> oh no, no, and no, 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 no. Hold on. Those <laughs> those men that they've married, son otros come mierda. Son otros come mierda. That you know, my wife and the duty of my wife, and you know, you know them homosexuals, you know, and them, you know, them liberal people, and you know, my wife has to have as many children that God sends. You know that bullshit. That bullshit. Ay, por favor, por favor. Es que no lo resisto, no lo resisto. You know why? You know why? They are the equivalent uh, on those freaking family moral values. They're equivalent to people that son marimbero and want to flash their money. You know what? If you're somebody of faith, if you are somebody you of faith, you don't have to prove it. And you don't have to be if out you're there somebody talking. Of integrity, you don't have to prove it. You don't it. have to prove it. Yeah. You, you walk the walk. That's like if you have money and you're old money, you don't have to show people that you have money. And most of them don't. Right? You don't have people. People will know. You don't have to show it. Yeah. Right? Pero esto hipócrita, because that's what they are. They're a bunch of hypocrites, right? You know, selling their their reality show to TLC. And then, and then, and then, oh my God. You wasn't, know, one, wasn't the mother doing robocalls? She was doing robocalls for Roy Moore. 
for Roy Moore. For refresh our, our listeners' memory, Roy, Roy Moore. Moore was the guy who was running. I forget if it was governor or senate. I think it was the senate in Alabama. That was who had the like was dating he, like thirteen year olds when he was thirty two. He or was a registered sex offender because he had when he was, I think in his thirties or forties, there was a he wasn't allowed in a mall. That's how bad it was. And he had like a history of allegations of statutory rape, right? But she was making robocalls for him because God forbid that a gay couple adopt a child. Well, he's only doing what her son did to her daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me off. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) You you know how it is. That bullshit, I can't stand that bullshit. Let's talk about something else. What do you want to talk about? Oh, my God. You know what I saw? What? That was hilarious. Oh. Well, hilarious for the viewer. Maybe our listener saw it. It was on the Today Show today. Um, a, there was a woman who had had some type of accident, mm-hmm. and she was being airlifted from the scene. Oh and you know when they're being airlifted, she was okay. She wasn't okay, but she was okay, right? Okay, she was. I, I think. That's she, all it wasn't like she wasn't like dying, dying, okay, okay. <laughs> like dying, 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 yeah. dying. That's just the a term, dying, right? right? She was. I think she was critical, but not, but not like, dying, dying, right? right. Not dying, dying. You know, whatever that means. That should be one of our t-shirts. Dying, dying. <laughs> I'm not dying, dying. I'm not dying, dying. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> so, so they were airlifting her. You know, they put her in that kind of like basket. Yes, yeah. The they put them in a basket right, right, and right, right, they, right. They, mm-hmm. they stabilize them and they mm-hmm. wrap them up and then the they are lifted. Right. As, the, as, as airlift uh, happened, yes. Right. Onto the actual helicopter. Right. Bueno. What happened was that when they dropped the basket, the chain got tangled up. So when they raised the basket, like a helicopter. And I'm like, oh my God, that woman is probably wishing. Ojalá que me hubiera muerto. Like, but it goes on for like a minute. I see like I'm young, like a helicopter. And I'm like, oh my God. I watched it and I thought I think I got nauseous. Oh my god, I want to watch it. I'm totally gonna watch it when we're done recording. I it was God. it was. Te- we need to put it on our Instagram. <laughs> we need to find it. We're gonna because repost it. We're gonna repost it. I, I was like, this poor woman. She needs to sue for now for negligent infliction of emotional distress. Lord, oh God. <laughs> there's just, there's no way to transition. So you know, our guest this week. Like, I don't know how to transition from our like, guest what? this week is not the Duggars. Is not the Duggars. It is somebody who has really carved his his space in in the entertainment industry. Jack Rico. Some of you may know him from his time on Spanish language TV as an entertainment reporter. Others may know him from his highly relevant podcast. Still others of you may know him from his uh, Consumer 101 show on NBC Saturday mornings, and he also does it on Telemundo, yeah. Taller de Consumidor. I watch every morning, every every Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Um, he was somebody who, like like DJ said, you know, we had him on the show. We were like, okay, we're gonna, we know what we're going to talk about, kind of, sort of, thinking we knew. And an hour and a half later, <laughs> we were still talking, and the guy, honestly, my favorite part of the entire thing is the, I don't want to ruin it, but the UM story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's the epitome of you've got to go for what you want. The hustle. The hustle is real and never, never just let it go. Um, so can't wait for you guys to hear that interview and good news. It's coming up now. <laughs> 
And welcome back, listeners. So as we mentioned, we are here with the host of the highly relevant podcast. He's also the host of NBC's Consumer 101, or if you watch him on Telemundo, El Taller del Consumidor, Jack Rico. Thank you so much for joining us, Jack. Welcome to Better Let Me hey, Tell You, Jack. Fantastic. You know, I was wondering at first if it was DJ-ish. <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure if it was one person with that title, but... It was DJ and Ish. DJ and, and the Ish. The first question I have is: Is Ish for what? And DJ is that DJ as in a DJ who's a disc jockey, or is your it's, it's, full name? It's DJ Diego as Darin Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a DJ. No, 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 no. Um, and Ish is actually short for um, for Ismail. But we thought Ismael, that. Okay. Uh, pero let me tell you, with Ismail y Darin Jesus, it was a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> So you do what you can. Yeah. Try to help the, right. try to help the, the listeners out a little bit there. Uh, but, I mean, so, but, you know, tell us, let's go in a little bit about you. Because, I mean, you've got your, your show on NBC and, and Telemundo. And I know you're also, you know, you're an entertainment reporter. You've been on the Today Show, VH1, yeah. and all that. You know, what can you give our listeners, like, if you had to give an elevator pitch about Jack Rico? Um, I love entertainment. I love arts and culture. It's something that I've always been attracted to my whole life. And I combine entertainment journalism, which is the serious side of journalism. I think, you know, for me, it's, it was very important for me not to be the gossipy part of, mm-hmm. of entertainment. Um, which is so easy to Everybody could be. always take a very lowbrow side to things and everybody can take more of a highbrow, you know, side to things. And at some point in your life, you have to make a decision of who you want your identity to be. Who do you want to be known as? I grew up in the hood in Jackson Heights, Queens. Uh, I was a part of a gang, you know, because they forced me into it. Went to public schools. I was bullied. And I lived that life, that life of people that just wanted to fight. And if either they were not fighting, they were stealing, they were backstabbing their friends i grew up in all that um toxicity uh when i was living in queens you know it was like Mm -hmm. hey you need to come with us and egg you know uh someone or use beanie guns and shoot people from the roof or urine balloons and throw them out so you can see how some people might think that's cool those are the people i don't want to hang out with Yeah, yeah and so for me it's like how do i get away from this and how do i try to reframe my whole life identity that's not this Wow, and I I just didn't want to end up in jail. <laughs> That's oh, a wow. good goal. Around yeah. the age, yeah. But you know what? It was a badge of honor for uh, for for other kids growing up in the 1980s. You know, here in New York City in Queens, that was a badge of honor. You know, wow. if you got stabbed or if you got a beat down, that means you were important. Right, that you, you were they hard. couldn't let you slide. And I was allergic to that, but I had to go through it because if you're alone. And living in a neighborhood like that or living a lifestyle like that, you have to be with other people to protect you. So, you know, we created like the most stupidest names for the most stupidest gangs with a bunch of nerds trying to be tough. <laughs> and I just one day said to myself, look, this whole life that I'm leave that, that I'm leading is a joke. How do I get out of this? And so fortunately for me, and I know this, I say fortunately, but it's really unfortunate. My mom and dad divorced. I used to live in Miami, actually. For about four years, I went to Miami-Dade Community College. I worked at MTV Latin America as an intern. Um, And when my mom divorced, she's like, I'm going back to New York. And um, I left with her. And 
it, it was very interesting to just see the the dynamics with my mom and dad and that's kind of when i said i have to leave this whole lifestyle and i just have to become the person that i want to be and the person that i wanted to be was was someone who i was totally not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i wanted to be at the time matt lauer on the today show okay not matt lauer since now. <laughs> Matt Lauer, not the sexual no, harasser. Matt no, 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 no. No, but I mean, he was a very distinguished, you know, TV per, uh, personality. Person, personality yeah. yeah, he was the peak. And I remember going to Miami Dade Community College and and studying the broadcast journalism uh, department with uh, my. I still remember the professor to this day. His name is David Gravel, and I learned a lot about NBC. And I said one day, you know. I know there's no Latinos on NBC, but I want to be one of the first guys to, to do that. I want to be on the Today Show, and I want to see my skin color, and hopefully I can bring in my Hispanic culture to this. So you asked me to kind of summarize who I am, what my elevator pitch is for me. <laughs> it's I'm an entertainment journalist who has an incredible passion for Hispanic culture, and I want to be able to intertwine those two things together because – I believe media is a platform for change. You know, it, it, I don't want to use the word manipulates, but it definitely influences and shapes. Like this podcast that you guys are doing, the people that listen to you guys, that's a commitment that people do. Yeah. They tune in and they, every single episode, they'll be like, I remember when you guys said this, you're doing something that you could not probably be able to do if you didn't have a podcast because you'd have to go to every single person and recreate that show just for them. That's too taxing. That's exhausting. Yeah, but we tried to have that. media, the platforms, whether it's TV, whether it's a podcast, whether it's radio, whether it's a column uh, on a blog or a newspaper, you're reaching so many people in one shot. And I just always thought that that was a great way of conveying our culture to the masses. So um, if I can continue to do that, entertainment journalism combined and weaved in with Hispanic culture, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So your career, well, at least education-wise, uh, in terms of broadcast journalism, it started here in Miami? Yeah. I went in as – I initially wanted to become a veterinarian when I was a kid. And <laughs> uh, then I wanted to be a doctor. And I, I was playing – I can't believe what I was playing. I, I I don't remember what I was playing, but I was playing something where I got a cut and it was a bit of a gash. I was freaking out, man. I was like, una niña, pero que le quitaron el, el bonbon. And, and it was like, <laughs> I, I, my mom just comes up to me and says, Jack, if you're crying and hysterical about a little amount of blood that came out of you, I don't think you can be a doctor. And you know what? It made so much sense that I said, well, what can I do? My two uncles were soccer announcers. Oh, oh wow. wow. So, you know, the goal, you know, the Andres Cantor thing. So the my two uncles did that in Colombia professionally with mm-hmm. the Colombian national team and the Colombian clubs. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to the stadiums and I used to go with my uncle. And when he used to do the goal, I was like, wow, that is so cool. I'd love to do something like that. So when I went to Miami-Dade, I went in for liberal arts and I found out there was a radio station there called WKCR. I think it's still there. Oh, it's still there. Yeah. 16, 10 a.m. Yeah. So – uh, we kind of created that whole WKCR and, 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 you know, a lot of people hated me when I was the program director at that radio station because I wanted it to be a professional radio station. In the meantime, the students there wanted to just, you know, be amateur hour. Yeah, just hang out with their friends. So, 
yeah, they just wanted to hang out with their friends and kind of smoke and, you know, and, 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 and be laid back. And I found that to be terrible listening. So even when I was 18 years old, I could already tell within me that there was a standard of excellence that I needed to achieve. And the people needed that needed to be around me needed to kind of match the same criteria of the standards I was putting upon myself. So there was a lot of people that I kind of had either to push to the side or push me to the side because we weren't connecting anymore. Mm -hmm. But I knew that that I needed to do that. So right after Miami-Dade, I started – dude, I cut school so much. (laughs) I I dropped out at some point at Miami-Dade and I didn't finish my two credits there because all I did was sleep and try to hone and enhance and polish my – uh, radio speaking personality. I wanted to work at Y100. I wanted oh, to be nice. part of that morning show. The big time. <laughs> That's, yeah, Power 96, you know, and I, I wanted to be a part of those radio stations. And how do I get there? Well, maybe the way I get there is by being amazing, so amazing that these people can't say no to me. I'm just too talented. So I felt like I always needed the extra time. I would sleep in the sofa, I would sleep in the radio station. Uh, it was a work ethic that was obsessive. Wow. And uh, finally, my term came up. I left college and I ended up at the University of Miami. And I'll tell you the story because I think it's like bonkers and I think you guys might be able to relate to this. There was a moment where I just felt like AM and cable wasn't cutting it. Right. I needed FM radio. So who was the only station in all of Miami that could that, that could that, that has an FM station but doesn't require you to be – a DJ with a resume of, you know, being in five cities on morning shows. It was the University of Miami. It was 90.5 yeah. The Voice. WVUM. WVUM. Yeah. And so I said, somebody said, said to me, there, there's um, people are applying for radio station for the radio station at, at, at The Voice. And I said, I wonder if I go there, if they'll notice that I'm not a student. So I decided that I was going to just balls up, go in there, <laughs> and act like I was a student at the University of Miami. Oh so I walk in. <laughs> this is a great story. I didn't think this was a crime. <laughs> to this day, I don't think it was illegal. <laughs> but I walked in, and there was a group of Miami students, University of Miami students there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can you believe that not one person asked me if I was a student of the university. But why else would you Not be one. there? Why else would you be there as far as they were concerned? So, Right. So they were assuming 
that why else no other person in their right mind would come in here from another school and act like they're just to get on the radio station. But that was me. I was obsessed with radio. So I said, I walked in and they're like, okay, um, we're going to create the schedule. Jack, unfortunately, you know, uh, we only got the overnights for you. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> That's perfect. So I you weren't going it. there anyway. <laughs> right. So I took it and I couldn't believe that they gave me the overnight gig because I wasn't a student there. I wasn't enrolled or anything or nothing. But I was also aghast that these guys didn't check either, so, which is their fault. That's crazy well. to me. So I did my first night. By the way, I had two other jobs. I was working at Magic 102.7 Oldies. Okay. Right? In, in promotions at the time. Um, I was going to school at Miami-Dade at night. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the radio station. So I was working like seven days a week. I had like two jobs. Plus I was going to school at night. But Chico, and when I had did you sleep? radio station. And so I started the radio playing, station. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I started playing. Dude, it sounded like I was on Y100 because that's exactly the sound I was trying to go for. After a month and a half, I had a sidekick and everything. <laughs> After a month and a half, a bunch of students started calling in. And get yo, man, you sound really professional. Like, maybe a little too professional. And I think somebody caught wind of it. Oh. And they sent, I think, the manager of the radio station. I remember one night, it was overnight, about a month and a half in. And the guy just barges in with two security guards. Oh, shit. The amount of demo tapes I had already done were, were set up. And the guy's like, you're out of here. And I just said, why? still trying to play it off like right. you know, I don't know anything and they're like you know why you're not a student here and I go oh, and now you're finding out man <laughs> but I didn't care you know why you had demo tapes because all I wanted from that was the demo tape on FM radio and you guys, wow. so that, that is a way, great I story I gotta de- say <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean we look a little long in the tooth now but we should go try it <laughs> 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 no, 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 but that is a great story. I mean, I, I, everybody has kind of like their coming up story. You know, they snuck in here. You know, right. they got lucky here. The big but, audition. But I mean, yeah. that that is great that you went to get, you, you were doing radio at the University of Miami without being a student. Without being a student. And it took them a month and a half to figure that out. And I always said to myself to this day, how, how can... How can anyone go through that amount of time and no one not notice? This is why people get away with murder. Yeah. You know, because it's about fearlessness. At the end of the day, when you really, truly want something, and you're not hurting anybody in the process. True. But you feel that the rules are against you, that the system doesn't allow you to progress, doesn't allow you to reach your potential. That's when I think that sometimes those rules need to be broken. And I felt like, well, I'm not hurting anybody. Um, And I might be embarrassed, maybe a little bit humiliated. But if I get over that, I got what I wanted out of that. So I'm sure they remade the rules over there that you probably have to show, you know, your your certificates or whatever it is in your student. (laughs) But hey, man, listen, I, I that that was a huge learning lesson for me that if you really want something in this life, you have to be bold. Yeah. You have to be fearless. Sometimes the rules, just just so, depending so on the situation, cannot I'm, apply to you. I'm just curious. 
Jack, now that you know when you made it and you became established, hey, did they ever invite you back so you could like talk to their journalism students? Give you an honorary degree. I think they should. No, that never happened. I don't think it ever We're going to start that petition. <laughs> get, but you get know Jack what? Jack an honorary degree from University of Miami. Well, Let's what do are you going to do when you, when you think that you have a lot to offer? Yeah. And that you feel that you have something valuable to show. But the resources that were given to you aren't, aren't good enough because you've completely exhausted it. I mean, I was at Miami Dade, I think, like for four years, and I had already pe- reached the peak. I asked the radio station if they could put an FM signal. I went through that whole, like, getting students to vote, all this so I could talk on FM. And when that didn't work out, I just had to makeshift. I had to kind of like create a scenario that would benefit me. And if somebody drops the ball on that, that's on them. But I felt that ultimately that was something it, – it, it was a template for the rest of what I was going to do in this business. Listen, nobody could say you weren't driven. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> absolutely. No, but it's true. You know, you, you, it, it did become your template because, I mean, you know, now you've got – you know, your podcast, highly relevant uh, on the Revolver. I always struggle with calling it the Revolver Network or Revolver. Revolver. Yeah. It's Revolver, right? Like I always, to me, it's Revolver. Yeah, but, you and, know, no one catches that because it's, uh, <laughs> I believe the word is a homonym, where oh, it's like the same word, but different meanings. True that. But that's essentially what you did. You know, you, you uh-huh. said, okay, you know what? Let's take the bull by the horns and let's let's keep creating my own space. You know, and and that's freaking awesome. And I have to say though, my favorite segment that you do on your podcast is like when you literally right after a movie ends and you do the review right in the theater. Oh, the first reaction segment. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's literally you can hear like the people leaving, and you and your your friend co-host at the time are just like, all right, we're sitting in an empty theater. You can hear people leaving. Here's what we first thought the second the lights went mm-hmm. up. That's you, exactly it. You know, and I was thinking, look. I do think that something is wrong with the way movie reviews are being done today. I've tweeted about this many times. I've talked about this on on, on my own podcast. Uh, I've written about it in columns. There, When you go to a movie, right, mm-hmm. do you listen to movie reviews? Do you go to Rotten Tomatoes? Do you check in on critics before you go see a movie? Generally speaking, I don't. Um, right. I may talk to my friends. I but. I do and I don't. If there's a movie that I want to see, I see it regardless. But there's so many times. It's, t- it's like it depends on the movie, right? But because then when when there are movies, I'm I'm quite a movie buff, and when there's movies that are just critically acclaimed throughout the board, uh, throughout you know that will pique my interest and in being like, okay, what is this movie all about? Right. So for me, I feel that the reviewing system is something that is too subjective today there are way too many critics anybody well, can yes, be true. a critic that's yes. true. and because of that abundance you know the law of supply and demand is no longer there so when everybody's a critic you kind of just tune out and you kind of i think what more, more like what you said was you start listening to your friends because you feel that your friends r- truly know you know, your likes, your dislikes, you trust them. And I feel that we've lost the trust with a lot of movie critics. Like one of the big problems, and I, and I think that this is when it all started, was the New York Times has a chief film critic by the name of A.O. Scott. 
Mm -hmm. I already have beef with A.O. Scott because when I was at Univision here in New York as a weather and entertainment anchor, I had bumped into A.O. Scott um, at a Warner Brothers screening. Mm -hmm. My wife has always told me that a tip that she does in, in, in her in her line of business is she cold calls people to have lunch. So if she admires somebody, mm-hmm. uh, she'll just go up to them and she'll email them. Hey, you know, my name is Jackie and you know, I, I'd love to have lunch with you. Most of the times hmm. they'll say no, but once in a while, somebody that you admire will say, you know what? Sure. Because they like to give back. So right. they feel that the generation of tomorrow is the future of the country. So sometimes they'll take it. So I decided to apply the same thing, and I went up to A.O. Scott after a screening, and I said, hey, A.O. Scott, my name is Jack. Here's my business card. I work at Univision. I'm not you know, just a nobody. I'm right. in the media business just like you. And the guy said, um, oh, hey, as he was looking straight up front, he barely looked at me. And I found that to be disrespectful, but I said, all right, he's the New York Times. Whatever. I'll let it slide. Right. And he goes, if you want, here's my card. Email me. So he leaves, and as he leaves, I decided to kind of give him a call the other day, uh, like maybe a couple of uh, days after. Right. And the guy never e- emailed me back, ever. To this day, I'm still waiting to have lunch with A.O. Scott. So what I found out through that is that doesn't work. Like you have to do stuff on your own. Sometimes you have to learn by yourself how to do the craft. Mm-hmm. So if someone's giving you the opportunity to – unleash your potential in that field sometimes you don't need a mentor man i think sometimes mentors today they're a little jealous of 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 younger people the true mentor doesn't care but you can't just say you're going to be my mentor and i want you to be my mentor and expect that person to kind of just um okay release all their (laughs) secrets of the last 20 years just to because you know you're you you know i'm glad we're talking about this because um again movie reviews well film in general is something that i i I love and um you know i'm i'm I'm, i've always been just me personally that guy that loves that small independent movie that kind of goes and you know and kicks ass in award season but at the same time with what you said about there being too many movie reviewers i remember the days of siskel and ebert where you know these two i mean i know they weren't the only two movie reviewers around but these two guys were kind of the face of what the movie reviews were and you know obviously they they had their thumbs up thumbs down but i feel that their their um their reviews were first of all they weren't as vicious as some reviewers are now and the would kind of annoys me about movie reviews nowadays is to the detail of like how nitpicky they are um to, <laughs> right. to things that it's like I, I i you know i don't know if a general audience will would you know be so observant of so many things because i'm a i'm i'm a believer that if you have a movie and the movie has a obviously whatever the plot or the message of the movie is and that that message is delivered and the audience enjoyed it that's, that's it. obviously it's successful right. we could talk about cinematography and plots and all that you know nitpick it but i feel that some of these movie but reviews do you really care about the cinematography when right. you're watching the avengers right. exactly but right but there's there's a time and a place for everything when i go watch the avengers i know i'm not going to be moved by you know character development and plot and all that i'm going in there to watch a big budget movie that's going to be fun I agree. Agree. And sometimes you do need criticism to be able to understand. But you know what? Criticism for me has always been 
the assessment and evaluation of, of a particular art where you have to translate that to a wider culture. So what does this movie mean to you and to the rest of society? How has it changed us? So if you have an LGBTQ film with African, an African-American cast directed by an African-American, that has a wider range outside of the screen. Coco was like another great example where when you saw Coco and kids saw Coco, they saw themselves belonging to a larger part portion of the United States uh, of America where you were in a second that you were equal to everybody else, that you were worthy, that your skin color, that your culture, that your language was part of the wider fabric of this country. That's the power of criticism when it's done well. But I think slowly, criticism has really become opinionated. So now we have more opinionists than we actually have critics. And I actually don't mind opinions when they're original with intelligence. Pardon my dog, by the way. Uh, I got a puppy (laughs) here that loves to bark at anything. Uh, What kind of dog is he? Um, He's a Uh, Maltipoo. He's about four years old. His name is Toby. Hi, Toby. And he, uh, you know, he's like I, a little Chewbacca. As I said, I love that we're talking about this because I remember – actually, I, I had this conversation with you some years ago that – I forget the guy's name. Like the main re, um, reviewer at um, NBC. I remember we went back to like all his reviews and he hated every movie. <laughs> like every movie. Every movie. I, 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 do you know remember I don't this? remember this We stuff. went back because it's like, man, every single movie that comes out, this man trashes. And I'm like, I'm curious to see what he thinks is a, good, a movie. good movie. Right? What and, he likes. And he didn't like anything. And like we went back for like two years. And I'm like, okay, I mean, what does this man want? <laughs> but yeah, I think so it's what, what you're seeing. Like? I don't think we what stumbled on it. Like? I, we couldn't. I, I remember we couldn't find anything that he liked that he really liked. Wow. I think some he was a little bit more like <laughs> he was less vitriolic than <laughs> others. But yeah, th- there's some that, that he didn't like. I mean, I think and I so think I when think you that I think when you see a really, really bad movie, you know nowadays. Huh? Yeah. Say again. I think that movie reviews have really lost their power. You know, uh, of what it used to be. I remember the Siskel and Ebert days, and then once they left and. Once Siskel, I believe it was Siskel, died, yes, and they started replacing Siskel with other people. And I think the the, the worst one was when Ben Lyons and Ben Mankiewicz oh, were yeah. doing out the movies on that Fox. Tanked. And this was painful to watch because that's when you notice it's not that they don't know about movies. is that there was a lack of chemistry. And mm-hmm. that the reason you really tuned into Siskel and Ebert was because of the chemistry. Yeah. And, 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 and they would butt heads in a way that you felt was genuine and authentic and it was like something that you could actually do with your friend you know and and have an amicable argument and there was a fantasy about that that i truly enjoyed man it was like a half hour or sometimes an hour of this escapism of the art form that i truly love which was movies so nowadays i don't like to say i'm a critic anymore i like to say I am a film journalist or a reporter of film or something that's not critic because I think critic is starting to have like a negative yeah. connotation about it. Let me ask you something. There, there was a question I had asked on Twitter and I'm going to ask you guys this question because I would really like to know what you guys think. If critics say that a movie is bad, should that dictate how moviegoers should ultimately feel about a movie? Because there seems to be a disagreement, and the reason I brought this up was because Aladdin was trashed. Yeah. I think it's like 54% in 
yet it made $112 million at the box office this weekend. So who should ultimately have the power to discern whether a movie is good or is bad? Is it the critic? Is it the moviegoer? Or is it nobody? I think that at the end of the day, it goes with what we were saying. If you watch the movie, because I know there's movies that I've seen and I've enjoyed and have been trashed by critics. Right. Um, so I think that at the end of the day, uh, the moviegoer, if you enjoyed the movie and the movie, whatever the purpose of the movie, I mean, Aladdin, is a, it's a fun movie where, I mean, you obviously go, you know the story. Right. Um, it's an adventure romp. I, I mean, I, obviously this is a live live um, action now that Disney's doing. But at the end of the day, if you went in there and you sang the songs, and I feel a lot of people that probably went to go see Aladdin went to go see it because they loved the animated one. Um, if they went to go see it and they enjoyed it and they sang along, then, you know, then that's what matters. Yeah. So one of the things that I started noticing about movie the, the movie review business is that it, it, it started becoming very classist. And when I say classist is that there seems to be a group, at least here in New York and in L.A., that are part of this intelligentsia sort of elite group of critics. You know, it's Variety. It's the Hollywood Reporter. It's yeah. Deadline. It's the New York Times. It's the L.A. Times, etc. And I don't connect with them. Even me, I just don't connect with them. Shouldn't these people be the spokespeople of the moviegoers? Shouldn't they be the megaphone for the moviegoers? Because if you're going to go to the Miami Herald, and and I think uh, there, there was a moment that I think Claudia Pouge was, was one mm -hmm. of the film critics at the Herald or yep. whatever. And if she's telling you that a movie is bad, but you love the movie – that's that part where you say, well, why am I reading you if you never get me? Mm -hmm. And so there was a time that I thought that that they needed to be removed and you needed to put in regular normal people, the common moviegoer, to just tell other regular moviegoers whether a movie was good or bad. And that also didn't seem to work out because we're kind of going through it where everybody's just kind of throwing ideas out. But right. they're doing the throwing ideas out without having – any knowledge of how a movie works and one of the things that a lot of actors directors and producers writers will tell you is that 70 to 80 percent of the movie critics that are saying that a movie is bad have no clue of what goes into a movie because I they're speaking it. from the point of view of just someone sitting down with a popcorn and a soda that's not criticism that's just you know whether or not you like it at, you know out of your mind without a sense of knowledge so there has to be a change from these classist intellectual New Yorker like Richard Brody who who speak from a place that doesn't connect with the movie going crowd. So Something let's to, you know, let's out. switch gears to your other big thing, which is Consumer 101. 101. Consumer 101 is a half hour show on Saturday mornings. Um on uh, Telemundo at 10.30 a.m. on the East Coast and NBC at 11 a.m. And it's based on the reporting, the research, the journalism from Consumer Reports, the brand. They have a magazine. They have a website. And this is a company that's been around for about 85 years. Um, the CEO, ella es una cubana, se llama Marta Tellado. And she's one of the few female CEOs in the country and one of the few female Latinas CEOs in the country as well. 
And she had this vision to create a television version um, of their brand on broadcast network TV that could reach two audiences. What I loved about it is that this isn't fluff, man. These are experts of 20 years experimenting, testing, evaluating things. And essentially, the information that comes out of Consumer Reports is everything from life hacks to how to eat better, but all backed up through scientific research right. or journalistic research. And so you know that every time you're hearing something from the show, there's a full team finding out exactly what the perfect suntan lotion is. <laughs> how does it work? How does it function? How do you know what to get? What are the ingredients you need to watch out for? Um, we've done everything from how to, you know, uh, through photo disintegration, how to take mustard from your shirt. And what we found out is that in Spanish, that type of programming rarely exists. No, yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah. In English, we've seen Mythbusters. There's a, there's a lot more – there's more of an array of options that you have for that type of content. But because we're on Saturday mornings, we like to kind of create a lighter fare. We try to make it fun. There's an FCC law that says that on Saturday mornings, you have to create content that's educational and informational. So we're part of this block on Telemundo called Mi Telemundo. And a part of a block on NBC called The More You Know. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially something for the family. You're not supposed to put anything that's like a movie or cartoons on that particular block. It's meant for, you know, something where you can learn. So we've really taken advantage of that. And we're going into our second season, which just got renewed. Congrats. So, you know, thank you very much. We're very happy about that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I auditioned. And I never thought I was going to get this gig because there was nothing in my career that had ever prepared me. If anything, and I'll be honest with you here because I think it's it's worthy of talking about this. Because if you don't talk about it, people aren't going to know and they're going to think it's still a taboo. But it's no longer a taboo and I think people are starting to be more open about it. Um, I suffered from severe panic attacks doing that mm. show. Really? I had severe anxieties that I, that, that I couldn't do the show. That it was too big for me. Oh. And – this is this is where people talk about mental health issues. Mental health issues isn't this idea that you know you're bipolar or you're crazy. Yes, that can be it, but mental health issues is when your brain is suffocated or claustrophobic because of a situation that you're not comfortable in. And when you have to do it over and over again and there's no one encouraging you or giving you the confidence to be the best at what you are, it affects your mind. And once your mind goes, man, the rest of your life goes. So for me, I did entertainment journalism. I did news, but I had never hosted a show. I was never a funny guy. I never really truly acted. And when I when they told me that, hey, the CEO picked you and we're you're the new host of Consumer 101, national television on NBC, 26 episodes, 30 minutes and it's basically all you i said number one what happens and, and this is the part that i hate about myself but i was what ifing the hell out of this show well what if i don't do a good job and then they fire me what will my friends think what will my wife think what will my mom and dad think what will i think of myself i will ruin this this brand's company they're spending so much money on the production 
and everything else. By the way, the production company is Litton Entertainment, which is it. They're the greatest like education and information, kids programming in the country. And so what if I let them down? So I used to come home going, why was I picked? It's this thing called imposter syndrome. Mm, It's when you think you're not qualified to do something. I think I suffered that for a long, long time. And you know what? I think a lot of that has to do also is with my Hispanic background. My wife calls it the cuchifrito complex. (laughs) The cuchifrito. (laughs) The cuchifrito complex is a theory, a school of thought that says you have a complex once you're born. If you're Hispanic or you're an immigrant coming into this country, you speak a second language, you don't look like the majority, the dominant culture, which is the white culture. You already have a chip on your shoulder. You're already inferior. Somebody else is superior. Every time you go get a job, isn't it curious that every boss you have or somebody who owns something happens to be white? Why aren't they black? Why aren't they Latino? Why why is the owner of Univision's Vincent Dusky, who's not Latino, or why was <laughs> you know many of these people that owners that own Hispanic companies white? So you think you're always working for the white man. And throughout your life, you encounter these moments all the time where you're like, I'm an employee, not an employer. Mm-hmm. So that ends up seeping into your subconscious to the point that when you actually get the dream jobs, you feel that it was luck. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was, yeah. You were at the right place at the it right was time. Yeah. A, at the right place at the right time. It was a certain sense of random circumstances mm-hmm. that put you there. And now you feel like you can't deliver. So I had to go to a neuroscientist, a therapist, for about three, four months because I needed to get my brain correct. And part of what we had talked about was confidence. It's like, look, I I lack the confidence to really own this show. And by the way, you will not notice it on TV because something happens is that you go in thinking that you're not – that you're going to be a disaster. You're going to be an utter failure. But once the camera goes on – Brother, you know you don't have any other choice than to perform. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, watching you, it, you you're, you seem so just together and yeah, genuine so and relatable. And what, what, I, what I actually really enjoy about the format of this show is that you, as the host, you're very much involved in the segments. It's not just you standing there like, Introducing, oh, well, yeah. well, now we're going to show this, and then it's like a video of whatever um, you know they're talking about. But you're very involved in the segments, which I thought that was very interesting, especially That being wasn't supposed reports. to happen. Oh, no? When I was... When they were talking to me about what my role was going to be and how we were, you know, the tone and how we were going to create this uh, character, this persona for the show, you know, my hosting uh, duties, uh, they had told me that they wanted me to be the proxy for the viewer. So basically, I was I was going to be you, mm-hmm. and you guys that are watching the show were like, you know, I have a bunch of questions about that. Well, I'll ask it on behalf of the viewer. Right. So what ended up happening is I was supposed to be that guy. So every time I walked into a room, it was like, wow. And I was in constant wonderment of every little (laughs) laboratory, of every little thing. I was asking the most stupid. I didn't know how to pack a car. And I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) I can't be this dumb. (laughs) Something has to happen. I understand this is, you know, we got to think of kids. But I can't be a 12-year-old trapped in the body of a 40-year-old. Yeah, it's just going to look silly after a while. something has to change. And so we finally stopped creating that wondrous moment for everything and asking 
questions that an eight-year-old would know today. So we kind of stopped then. We kind of, you know, created a different persona. And that's why I was involved in everything now. And so that was an added pressure because now if the show fails, guess where they're going to point at? Me. Mm. They're going to say, well, Jack's appeal isn't good enough. Jack, unfortunately, didn't have this type of uh, career resume where he uh, hosted a show for 30, 30 straight minutes. L- listen, when I'm not when I'm physically not in the show, there's a cartoon version of me. When <laughs> the cartoon version of me is not in the show, there's my voiceover. So I'm basically on for 30 minutes. And, and then to do it in Spanish. Man. I almost I almost quit the show. For me, that pressure was was almost was almost too much to take, man. I have to ask you um, because you you know you are now uh, you know kind of the face of Consumer Reports, <laughs> and I've I always know. I've always been a fan of Consumer Reports because I'm a big car person, and you know for me I as you know uh, their car issues or their reviews on cars it's kind of like the holy grail in terms of. Of, um, it is right. It, it really is. Yeah. So what you know? What changes or how has Consumer Reports changed or not changed in the wake of social media? And now going back to what you said earlier, everybody's a reviewer. YouTube has kind of taken over when it comes to tech reviews, and I gotta say, man, like guys like Marquise Brown, a oh, lot for, of these. Oh yeah cats on youtube who man marquise browns has over a million subscribers <laughs> wow yeah how, it's like 10 million subscribers something like that it's right? millions and he all he does is like tech like um phones and stuff like, like that Damn. yeah he like you know opens like iphone boxes you know those openings those box openings <laughs> that's where it's headed to and so when i asked them i said well what are you guys doing to compete with that dude it was really interesting what they said they said look They've managed to natively be born with that format in mind. Unfortunately for us, we're an 85-year company that has to kind of transition into that, but we're also not targeting them. We have – what we're trying to do is we're trying to get away from the magazine business. And even though we're trying to become digital, we want to try and bring that magazine content. Uh, which is like the guy who has a master's degree in you know engineering to be uh, the YouTube host. And so they're trying to do it, but listen, man, I think it's a very fickle business. I think it's a generational thing. I think that most of the people that are consumer reports people aren't very young. they're, they're they skew a little older, yeah uh, in their late 30s, early 40s, and maybe even older. And I think they understand that a 13-year-old will never go to Consumer Reports. That's where the TV show comes in. They're not trying to compete with YouTube through their their magazine content. They're trying to compete with YouTube with Consumer 101. Mm. And it's working. Yeah, you got to build that brand. Now become a lot more younger. A lot of these young kids are seeing me. They think of Consumer Reports and they go, "Hey, so when that kid gets older." Most likely, he'll probably subscribe to Consumer Reports. Yeah, and I think that's the thinking there, when it comes to a lot of these YouTube, you know, guys that are doing the tech reviews. Yeah, yeah. long term. Yeah, it has to be. That's awesome. That's awesome. But well, no, Jack, I 
I think I speak for both of us. We could go on for hours. We could sit here for another three hours. We've taken up so much of your time already, man. I, I, when, I, when I reached out to you, it was like, oh, you know, 30, 45 minutes. An hour and 15 minutes later. We're oh, st- has it been already? Wow, yeah, we're, we're chatting you guys away. Ask great questions. And uh, hey, if you guys want me to be on the show again, more than happy to. Dude, you have a more than open invitation to join us whenever you want. If you're ever in Miami, <laughs> let us know. We'll, do a, we'll, we'll take you to Union Beer. And do a live uh, a live recording hey, there with you. York, call me up. Let me know, man. We'll hang out over here. Awesome. Uh, definitely will, awesome. man. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah, thank no, you be... so much for being on the show. We can't thank you enough. Gracias. All right, guys. Take Bye. it easy. All right. Bye. Welcome back. I always want to go. Doo-doo. No, I always want to go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And this next segment is brought to you by the Duggars. <laughs> yes, we're putting on fragrant lotions right you now. You know, it'd be great. You know how I would watch their show? If the Duggars were given their show, but on Bravo, directed or executive produced by Andy Cohen. Then I would watch it. I don't even know what the hell that would look like. That... Eventually, they're going to run out of money and they're going to need a paycheck. They have 19 kids. No. And legal fees for one of them. No, they'll just let the other kids work and pay for the other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> As one does. You know, you know when you're going to rile me up like this, you knew, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I always know what I'm doing. It's called, know, it's called producing. You know, you know that you know the the uh, the res, not result. Why can't I speak today? I had issues with that earlier. The uh, the reaction. I, you know the, the reaction, reaction. You know. Of course, I know the reaction. Not dying, again. dying. You know, reaction. Reaction. Uh, that those people give me anyway. Bueno, all this Duggar hate has made me thirsty. <laughs> so, and if you like the Duggars, you're entitled to like the Duggars, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, one thing doesn't take away from the other, right? I think Marcy likes the Duggars. Anyway, um, well, so, soda time. Who's your soda? All right. So my soda this past weekend, um, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, and we talked a little bit about, it is Pride Month. And earlier this month. He joined the Heifer Corporation. This this past weekend. Yeah, rainbow colored um, cows. The local. <laughs> I have, is the milk with glitter? I know that sounds messy. Ugh, you always ruin everything for me. God, you're not my father. Um, so the local um, performing arts center here, the Adrian Arts Center, had their third annual uh, Pride event. And as part of it, I got to meet, some of you may know, uh, Shangela, one of the contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race. And honestly, I'm going to give Shangela my last soda because Shangela was on season two, was the first one kicked off. Was on season three, also got kicked off. Came back to All-Stars season two. And was the first one kicked off. No, but didn't win. And Shangela has been on RuPaul's Drag Race three times, lost all three times. However, Shangela has also was also in A Star is Born with Lady Gaga. Uh, Shangela just did a commercial with McDonald's. Shangela has been on Two Broke Girls. Sh- so you know what? That is the epitome of somebody who's not going to just sit back and let a little thing like losing three times <laughs> stop them from moving forward and fulfilling their dreams. Why doesn't Shangela do a nation tour or city tour with uh, Miss Fangie? 
Uh, well, actually, at the Magic City Casino, that's who they were both headlining together. Mira Baya. <laughs> Both they were the headliners, and it's funny because Shangela, when she when when as uh, DJ actually is is Shangela's name, moved out to LA. DJ was the personal assistant for Jennifer Lewis. So Shangela gets my last soda. Senor, my last soda goes to a show that I want everybody to watch, and I'm gonna kind of bring it a little Debbie Downer for you. Cooking with Pia Zadora. That'd be amazing. (laughs) I'm just saying that'd be amazing. Um, no, it's uh, called, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about it, The Way They See Us, Oh, I've been, which is about the Central Park Five. So I've been wanting to watch it, but at the same time, I haven't been in a place to watch it. it it's going to make you very angry. Um, the show, the show based to, to begin with, the... It's it's a dramatization of... The yes, film. it okay, is. Okay. It's not so a it's documentary. Not a documentary. Okay. Uh, it's based... Uh, their testimony is based on the actual record testimony, so it wasn't no, 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 skewed right, right. or anything for right. for the show, and it's just going to make you the, really angry. Central Park Five correct. about the Central Park Five, and uh, just to give a little bit of uh, background for those of you who may not know it, so the Central Park Five were a group of five black and Latino kids who were in Central Park in 1989. So very on, recent on that day, uh, there was. A rape. This woman was raped in Central Park. She was a jogger, and she was. It, this happened at like either late, like eight something, nine something in the evening, and um, she she was raped and she was beaten. I mean, con ella acabaron la pobre mujer. She has no recollection of the evening, none, really? none. She just remembers getting. She remembers getting home from work, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Wow. So she either trauma was so right there. Yeah, she was in a coma and everything, and she can't. She lost her sense of smell and all that. She was, and she they thought she was gonna die. She doesn't remember at all. So her testimony doesn't right right doesn't um there's no there's no way there's no testimony in terms of you know um them being identified or her assailant being identified. So the Central Park Five really is about these. Five guys or kids. They were, so were ages teenagers, right? fourteen through sixteen. Yeah, they were kids. So basically, what happened is at that night there was a group about fifty to sixty. Um, they were predominantly black, but young kids and their bicycles, and they all were in Central Park. And you know, some Serving of them, kids. some of them were harassing joggers and people there, and kind of you know, holiendo and stuff like that. You know, some of them, you know, I think. Se la pasaron and maybe uh, trampled somebody with their bike. Something like that. They were up to no good. They were up to no good. Estaban jodiendo. They were young kids. Whatever. This woman gets raped. And the prosecutor, who gets assigned the case, pretty much makes it her point to find them guilty. So she just starts making up shit. There was no evidence. Absolutely no evidence. And in the thing she's played by Felicity Huffman, Yes, she is. There is no evidence that placed those kids at the scene. There was no DNA evidence, no no demonstrative evidence, nothing. It's kind of like if I just go and randomly pick five black kids and Hispanic kids and go, oh, you did this crime. That's pretty much what it was. One of them wasn't even there. He wasn't even at the park, right? Wow. So it shows just the injustice 
of the system. And when people say that, oh, these things don't happen, oh, yeah, they do. And these men were in jail, well, kids, they were sentenced um, and they were in jail for close to 15 years. And it wasn't until 2002, 2003 that they were exonerated. And by the city of New York? Or? No. The city of New York, the city of New York never wanted to apologize and they still won't apologize. They sued the city of New York. They got a $41 million payout. And, and thanks to DNA evidence, mm-hmm. they were able to show that it was somebody else. Now, what's funny is, and you'll see this on the show, I'm not, I'm not giving anything away. This is well I mean, it known. Happened. It's like 30 um, years ago. They found semen inside of her cervix, inside of the victim's cervix, right. and they found a sock nearby with the same semen. Okay. Right? That semen did not match any of the five kids. So believe it or not, the prosecutor's argument was that there was a sixth person who they weren't able to identify. But because it was a, um, it was a conspiracy, illegally in a conspiracy, everybody's held to the same crime. So because it was a conspiracy, yeah, they are they're guilty fault. by association. Essentially. Right, they're uh, they're uh, guilty of rape, and it's it's just you will watch it and you will get mad. But these are the type of things that people need to watch because you need to be reminded. Well, well some people need to be reminded how the world is and how you know things aren't fair for everybody and this is why we don't need straight parades this is why we don't need straight (laughs) parades people you know because if you're not if you don't understand what being oppressed or being marginalized or you know being uh or other or the fear being fired because of your from work because of your sexuality because a lot of people say oh you know Gay people have come a long way. Black people come a long way. Yeah, they have. Absolutely. They have. But you know what? You could walk into your job and still be fired for being gay. Yeah. If your boss finds out that you're married to a man and he fires you, he fires you for being gay. And you you could still be you fired. You live in a state that doesn't have. You could, you could still be fired. It's not. A, it's not a federal law. You know. So it's that's why these type of shows and you know they make you think and they make you see a different perspective and a different side for some people uh, <laughs> who aren't woke. Uh, <laughs> oh, that word. But it, but you know I I that my last soda goes out to um, the way they see us. It's on, on Netflix now. It's absolutely amazing. So good that you will f- watch Felicity Huff, Huffman and completely forget about the college admission scandal. We'll see about that. That's how good it was. I'm like, Lori Lachlan needed something to come out right around now. But they fired her from things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she could have been on four. Yeah, but this obviously was recorded before. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was finished before. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. man, yeah. Lori didn't have a project coming out. Damn you know it. I'm Team Lori. It's fine, though. I have to be. So, anyway, with that said... I feel we got a little preachy in this episode. A little bit, but in a fun way. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> anyway, with that said, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. Yep. And grab your croqueta and your pastelito, which today we have a cro- croquetas and pastelitos in front of us. Yep. Grab your croqueta and your pastelito and your jupinha. And thank you for joining us. That was episode 66. Bye, mi gente. I don't want to rock, DJ. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.